We're going to jump right in to the word of God today. We're going to jump right into the word of God today. I've been uh, kind of wrestling with a few, I wouldn't say wrestling, but delving into a few things and uh, uh, just kind of want to uh, want to instruct and, and hopefully the Lord will help us. If you could take your attention, uh, let's start with Ephesians, Ephesians chapter four, verse 13, Ephesians chapter four, verse 13, Ephesians chapter four, verse 13. Man, when you're there, say amen. If you need more time, say wait. All right. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. I appreciate the honesty. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. Here's what the Bible says. It says, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Everybody say a perfect man. Unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ." That we henceforth be not more children. Wow. Wow. Hopefully God's going to help us tonight. And if he doesn't help you, hopefully he'll help me. <laughs> We're going to make it out of here. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness. Whereby they, uh, whereby they lie and wait and deceive. But speaking the truth in love, I want you to see this may grow up. Look at somebody next to you. Tell them, grow up. <laughs> Tell them, grow up. You may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Just to give you a title so you can hold on to for the next few moments. I want to speak to you on the subject. God wants you to grow. Praise God. God wants you to to grow. Everybody say, that's me. That's me. I'm in my element tonight, so I'm excited. I want you to set your Bibles down. Now, here's what I don't want you to do. Stay standing. We're going to pray. Here's what I don't want you to do. Don't engage. Don't let your level of engagement spiritually be dictated by my volume. Okay, so what I mean by that is don't wait for me to get loud for you to pay attention. Because if I have it my way, I, I probably won't get too loud. I'll get excited at times, but I believe the Lord wants to help us. So uh, we're going to make sure that the ground of our heart is just watered with the Spirit of God. So can you just lift both your hands? And I just want you to invite the presence of the Lord, not, not in this place because he's here, but in your heart. Can you just invite him in your heart right now? Father, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you for your presence and your spirit. God, we thank you for the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. God, our earnest inheritance, God, that you've put in this earthen vessel. God, we lift you up today. Father, I pray you would grow somebody just a little bit further. Thank you, Jesus. I pray you'd stretch somebody today. I pray, God, that you would move on somebody today. God, bring us to a place of maturity. I pray for maturity in the room. God, give us mature Christians, mature spouses, mature leaders, mature saints, mature believers. Grow us up today. God, we want to walk in your fullness. We want to walk in your fullness. We receive from you today. Can you just tell them that right now? God, I receive from you today. Come on, I want you to tell them that right now. God, I receive from you today. Now, as one body, can we just clap our hands in thanksgiving unto the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I know we're scattered about, but just find two or three people, give them a high five, and tell them it's time to grow up. 
Amen. Maybe seated in Jesus' name. And the only time God made a fully developed man was in the garden. It's the only time God made a fully developed man. Our, our obsession at times uh, with the supernatural, that obsession is neither right nor wrong, but our obsession at times with the supernatural can cause us to believe that God will allow the supernatural to violate kingdom principle. And I need you to be aware, you can't pray yourself out of spiritual laws. You can't pray yourself out of spiritual laws. If it is a spiritual law, God will not violate it. God's power, God's spirit will work in tandem with God's word. The only time God made a fully developed man was in the garden. The only time God made a fully developed man was in the garden. One more time for those of you in the back. The only time God made a fully developed man was in the garden. So my question to you is, why do we assume we come into fullness of maturity after baptism? There is a misconception amongst believers that we don't need to grow up. And because of that, unfortunately, the church is suffering at the hands of childish Christians. Lord's going to help us tonight. Praise God. That's why I came on the floor. I'd be like, it'd feel like it's harder to get a hold of me. I don't know. Praise God. We are suffering at the hands of childish Christians. I want to say this on the onset. God wants you to be healthy. God wants you to be healthy. Something that I say often. When I say healthy, I want to be very specific what I mean. When I say healthy, I mean a fully mature, fully functioning believer. That is the will of God. If you want to know the will of God for your life, if you want to know the will of God for you coming to church, if you want to know, it's not so you look more Pentecostal. It's not so you sound more Pentecostal. It's not so you know the worship songs and you know how to move during service. The reason why we show up is because we believe God wants to make us healthy. He wants to make us fully mature, fully functioning believers. That is the will of God. In layman's term, God wants us to grow up. He wants us to move forward. I want you to see this for yourself. If you could take your attention to Luke, Luke chapter 2, verse 48. Luke chapter 2, verse 48, because I told you once, I've told you twice, and I'm going to say it one more time. The only time God ever made a fully developed man was in the garden. And he did not even violate this law with his own humanity. In Luke chapter 2, verse 48, I want you to see this. This is after Jesus uh, is, uh, is lost uh, from his parents, and his parents go out seeking after him, and they find Jesus, uh, and Jesus is discussing uh, the things of the scriptures amongst some adults, and when they see him, uh, they, here's the Bible says, and when they saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou dealt with us? Behold, the, uh, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. Verse 49 for me, please. Uh, 
And he said unto them, how is it that you sought me? We still not know that I must be about my father's business. Verse 50. And they understood not, and they understood not the saying which he spoke unto them. Verse 51. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. In verse 52, I want you to see this. And Jesus increased. Jesus increased. Everybody say that. Jesus increased. Jesus increased in stature and in favor with God and favor with man. What is this saying? Jesus grew up. And if Jesus had to grow, if Jesus could not and would not violate his own laws of growth, can I help you here tonight? You will not violate the law of growth. If Jesus had to grow up, you need to grow up. If Jesus had to increase, you need to increase. Now, I want us to extract, extract a few things from, he, from this tonight because if you look at uh, what precedes Jesus growing up, I, I, don't, I don't know if these aspects were necessary, but I will say they're important or else they wouldn't be in the scriptures. There is a few uh, preliminary things uh, that come into play before Jesus increases. How many of you guys want to grow tonight? There's, there's, I don't want to be stuck. You know, you know what I'm tired of doing? I'm tired of us increasing in age and not increasing spiritually. Right. I, don't, I don't know if you know this. We, we sometimes say, well, how long have you been in church? We'll say stuff like that. And I say it all the time, and that's good because we're trying to, you know, we're trying. Well, God's, well, listen, sometimes I feel like we need to start asking, uh, when's the last time you grew? Because I've met people that have been in church for a very long time, but they don't know the last time they grew. They've been repeating the same five-year cycles for the last four uh, to ten to six times. It's just one after another. And 30 years down the road, there's still a five-year-old Christian. I want to grow up. So, so let's examine a few things here. Number one, if you look at verse 49, here is where Jesus is found. Jesus is found in the temple. Jesus is found with the people of God. You can't grow by yourself. I want to crucify this notion that is uh, pervasive in this culture uh, in this day and hour. That you can be spiritual, not religious. You can be a Christian and not go to church. You can't grow by yourself. You need to grow with each other. We need each other. Can I destroy this notion that has entered the church uh, that tries to make it seem that you can be self-sufficient? We are dependent. Even Jesus needed to grow with somebody. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that not only that, but when they found him, here's what he said. He said, I must be about my father's business. You cannot grow outside of the kingdom. Some of you say, well, that's, that's obvious. Well, let me, let me make sure I'm saying this correctly. I didn't say you can't grow outside of the church building. You can't grow outside of the kingdom. And you can come to the church building and not be in the kingdom. If you're in the kingdom, it's going to grow. That is the law of the kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added there is increase that follows the kingdom if you're in the kingdom it'll grow and if it's not in the kingdom 
it'll die. Can I just be really practical here tonight? If your marriage is in the kingdom, guess what it'll do? If your marriage isn't in the kingdom, guess what it'll do? Are we all right here tonight? We're okay. It's getting real tight. I just got to. If your mind is in the kingdom, guess what it'll do? If your mind's not in the kingdom, guess what it'll do? I didn't say if you came to church. Now, I'm glad you came to church. We established that already. We got to grow together. But I didn't say if you came to church. I said if you're in the kingdom. We'll get into that in a little bit. So here it is. He's in the kingdom. He says, I must be about my father's business. They didn't understand what he said. And here's what I want you to see what happens in verse 51, because this is important. Because this is what Jesus, this is Jesus's blueprint. This is what happens before Luke gets to the place where he says, Jesus increased. In verse 50, verse 51, he said, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was, ooh, this is rough. Are y'all seeing this? And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject. Some translation says submitted. Ooh, praise God today. Are you sure you still want to grow? Amen. Uh, I, 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 I am not referring to spiritual abuse. I want to be very careful. I want to be very clear here. Uh, the church tolerates no form of abuse, whether it be marital, vocational, in the context of the family, also in the context of the church. But past spiritual abuse cannot be an excuse for present day rebellion. Are you hearing me tonight? I'm not minimizing what you went through somewhere else. I'm not making little of the hurt you might have experienced, but we have way too many excuses why we can't submit ourselves one towards another. If you're going to grow, you're going to have to learn to submit. Somebody needs to tell you no. Somebody needs to tell you, no, you can't do that. You can't go there. You can't wear that. Hello. You can't say that. You can't watch that. Well, Brother Baptiste, I'm grown. That's the issue. <laughs> You're grown in all the wrong places. <laughs> Praise God. You know, I don't know about this, but I see a lot. I see a lot of older men here. Uh, when they were 13, 15 years old, they were growing. Praise God. They were growing this way. And then you get a little older and all of a sudden you start growing. Not all growth is good growth. <laughs> and I understand you might think you're grown. I'm just suggesting maybe you're grown in the wrong places. If you are going to grow spiritually, you're going to have to learn to submit yourself. Now, here, here's the hard part. We love talking about submission Coming from here. We struggle talking about submission coming from here. Oh, Lord Jesus. God's going to help us tonight. If your brother and sister can't correct you. Can I tell you this? Your Christianity better not be so fragile that somebody can't walk up to you and speak the truth to you in love. We need to grow. You, you can't get angry every single time somebody tries to talk to you. But we need to grow. There's a few trademarks of underdeveloped Christians. 
Because if we're going to be successful, if we're going to be what God wants us to be, we're going to have to learn to live in spiritual maturity. And there are a few trademarks of uh, immature Christians. I want to take your attentions to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Are you here with me tonight? Amen. Look at the person next to you. Tell them you're going to be okay. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Here's what the Bible says, and starting with verse 10, but it says, when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away with. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. So a few things for us to get out of this. Number one, I want you to acknowledge the order in which he lists these things out. He says, I spake as a child, action. I understood as a child, perception. I thought as a child, reasoning. I spake as a child, action. I understood as a child, perception. I thought as a child, reasoning. Uh, this is the process in which an immature Christian reacts. They don't reason first, then perceive, then act. They act, then perceive, then reason. You ever met somebody that just doesn't know how to think before they talk? <laughs> I have this down here, but uh, immature, spiritually immature or spiritual children spill peace like natural children spill milk. You ever see a child try to hold milk, try to pour milk? They get it everywhere. They don't know how to handle it. That, that's the best analogy to show you how spiritual, spiritually immature Christians handle peace. They don't know how to hold their peace. They're always losing. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But if you're the type of person that you can lose your peace like that, Praise God. Man, we're just going to walk down this and pray. We're going to be okay. I'm not usually a pot stirrer, but while we're here, <laughs> the kids start acting wild and you just lose your peace. Like the spouse sends you a text and you just lose your peace. Your boss says something to you and you lose your peace. Like you show up to church and the saint gives you a bad look and you lose your peace. The department leader doesn't get it right on time and you lose your peace. It is the trademark of an underdeveloped Christian. You need to learn how to hold your peace. Not everything deserves your peace. You can't just get mad at everything. You know, the best place for my peace to be tested is in traffic. I tell you what. I Listen, you know, some preachers just say that. It's the truth for me. I just... I don't know where people get their license sometimes. I'm just trying to figure it out. And thank God for windows. Because there have been moments I've lost my peace. The Lord's had to convict me because when you are a child, you act first, you perceive second, and then you reason. Spiritually mature people, here's what Paul said. He said, but when I became a man, he said, I put away childish 
things. What childish things did Paul put away? He put childish understanding away, childish speech away, and childish thinking away. His speech, his understanding, and his thinking had to grow up. We need to learn to think as a believer, to understand as a full-grown believer, and to speak as a mature Christian. We need to learn to grow up in our speech, in our understanding, and in our thinking. What do you mean by this? Why do you think Jesus was able to handle the cross? If you look at Jesus on the cross, you see the places where he is tested is in his thinking, in his understanding, and in his speech. This is why when Jesus is on the cross, he's able to say what? Father, forgive them. Why? For they know not what they do. They don't understand. They don't, they don't get what's happening right now. Can I tell you why Christians are able to walk through things that other people can't walk through? Because when you mature as a Christian, your understanding adjusts. You realize... You can't do anything to me that won't benefit me. Because my understanding is different. You start speaking like Joseph. What you meant for evil, God turned it for good. That is the language of a mature Christian. If you, you, you walk through trials and, and you begin to say, think it not strange. Because your thinking has adjusted. What would happen to you if you realize that life doesn't just happen to you, but God is orchestrating everything in your life to grow you as a Christian? All things are working together for the good. It is a change of understanding. It is a change of thinking. Why, why is this important? I want to take your church to 2, Corinthians, uh, sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 3. You know this verse, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. I want you to see this here. The reason why this is vital, we're going to start with verse 17. It's typical we start with verse 16, but I want you to see verse 17. Verse 17 says it this way, that the man of God may be complete, equipped, for every good work. If we are going to be prepared for what God has called us to do. We're going to have to grow up. He says that the man of God may be complete. Equipped. For all good work. Immature Christians. Are Christians set up to fail. Set up to fail in life set up to fail in their marriage, set up to fail in their homes, set up to fail in their minds. If we are failing, it is a failure of maturity. You, you, you fill in the blank. You fill in where you're failing. If we are failing, it is a failure of maturity. And I want to say what I said at the beginning. You can't pray hard enough to bypass the process of growth. Can I tell you what some people might not want to tell you? You can't go to enough conventions and conferences. You could travel the whole world 365 days, going to every church conference. You can't even live here long enough to bypass the process of spiritual growth. 
you are going to have to grow. So here lies the question, how do we grow? How do we grow? Number one, we grow in the right environment. We grow in the right environment. Your environment will dictate what you become. I'll be very clear. I didn't say where you visit. I mean where you stay. Because some of us visit church, but we stay in other areas. Your environment will dictate what you become. You can't visit church enough to override where you're living. If you live in chaos, if you live in darkness, if you live in confusion, if you live in worldliness, you can't come to church enough to override where you're living. Your environment will dictate. Isn't it so interesting that when God does form Adam, when God does form Adam, God sets the environment before he makes the man. Because he understands, I'm going to make the man out of the environment. Where's, where's Adam from? Adam's from the dust of the ground. So the ground had to be there before the man could be there. Your environment will dictate your substance. Where you live dictates what you become. So the question I have to ask you is, where are you living? If we're going to be healthy, we have to re-examine where we're living. Because we visit the altar, but sometimes we live on gossip on Facebook. Praise God. We visit listening to the preacher, but we live listening to other people's mess. We, 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 we can visit here, but what are we doing in our living room what are we talking about in our homes we have to re-examine if we are going to be healthy we have to ask ourselves the hard questions it's a lot easier to show up to church and shout it's a lot harder to go home and make some changes you know you know can I praise God I'm here it's 7 37 we started at 6 30 I got a few more minutes do I Okay, praise God, Brother Rich. You just tap me when I'm done. Can I just say this? Can we, can we get back to guarding our gardens? Even God, when people violated what was happening in his garden, had to say, you can't stay here anymore. You got to go. Now, I'll come visit you on the outside. But there's just some places I can't let you in. We have lost the reality of protecting and guarding our intimate spaces. There are some people that just don't belong in some places. There are some friends we should not have. Can I say this? If we are engaging and entangling ourselves with people that get us to talk bad about our own family, our own spouses, our own kids, if we are engaging co-workers that'll get us to talk or entertain jokes that we wouldn't want pastor to know about. I know I'm where you're living today. Praise God. We have to get back to guarding our garden. And can I talk to parents in this place? You need to learn to guard your kid's garden. Praise God. 
Listen, I know Sally got the best games and just got a big house, but you can't hang out with Sally because, because I need to guard your garden. We have to get back to being cautious of who we let speak to us. What we listen to. There's just some things we don't let play in our car or in our house. Are you with me tonight? We don't just let that come through on the phone. Why? Because I have to guard this garden because me and God live here. And we can't just let anybody walk in the spaces. He walks with me and he talks with me. Why? Because I've learned to guard this garden. And if you can't live by the boundaries I've set, you got to go. You can't stay here. Man, we're not a boundaryless society. We need to have boundaries in our lives. Praise God. We need to have boundaries. There's just some things that happen in this environment. Something else I want you to acknowledge. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. Something else I want you to acknowledge that it's not just the right environment. It's also the right nutrients. We have to make sure we get the right diet. You have to get the right diet. Can I put it this way? If you're only eating two days out of the week, you're starving. If you only eat Sunday and Wednesday, you're starving. You need a steady diet of the word. If you want to know how to grow up, you need the right nutrients. You know what has happened? We have tried to defer responsibility of spiritual growth from the pew to the pulpit. And it's not working well for us. It is not the pastor's job to ensure that you eat. He's just supposed to lead you to green pastures. You have to eat for yourself. Can I tell you this? This is why, this is why we have an epidemic. I, and I'm, oh man, well, I'm here. We might as well stay here. We've got we to gotta go from one church to the next. Because i got to find a pastor that's going to grow me. But your spiritual nutrients, listen, he could bring you to the table. But you have to learn to eat for yourself. Here's what the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture, you guys can quote it. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof. What's that word we don't like? Correction. <laughs> why? He says, listen, this is why the scripture is given to you. It's given you, it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? Verse 17 is why. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Sometimes we're not growing because we are not taking in the right diet. What are you eating? We need to stop consuming some things and we need to start consuming some other things. We need to get back in the word. Can I just be bold enough to be practical tonight? You can't hear enough preaching to make up for your daily devotion. There's not a powerful enough man of God that can make up what you spend time with this book. You're going to have to learn how to open this thing up and feed yourself. You know, when a kid grows up, you know, you've never seen a child at 15, 20 years old. That parent is still having to feed that child. Why? Because sooner or later, that parent understands you need to learn to feed yourself. You need to learn to eat. And can I tell you, you need to get in conversations where you can feed each other. It should not be abnormal for us to talk about the word of God. 
for us to talk about spiritual things. We need to learn to feed. Uh, also, in your spiritual diets, a, a, a place where we are malnourished in is in the area of discipleship. Discipleship carries nutrients for the believer. I want to take your attention to, um, I want to take your attention to John chapter 4, verse 31. I'm going to land this here in a little bit. John chapter 4, verse 31. Just give me five more minutes. John chapter 4, verse 31. This is Jesus after spending some time with the woman at the well. And he sends his disciples off. And my assumption is he sends the disciples off because the disciples would not be mature enough to handle the context in which Jesus is having to engage this woman at the well. So he sends them off. He says, hey, go get some food. And they come back to him. And when they come back to him, I want you to see the response of Jesus when they want to sit down and sup with Jesus. They want to sit down and eat with Jesus. Here's what Jesus says in John chapter 4, verse 31. It says, but he said to them, sorry, I'm in verse 32. He says, but he said to them, I have food to eat that you know not of. I wasn't talking about natural food. But he's saying, I am partaking of something that you don't understand. What was he talking about? He was talking about discipleship. Discipleship needs to be a part of the believer's diet. If you are not working with lost people, you will become malnourished. Can I put it this way? If you are not feeding people, you will begin to feed on people. I, I'm going to put it this way. I've never been to a church that's focused on discipleship that's worried about gossip. I've never been to a church that's, that's focused on discipleship that's worried about disunity. Because when you are consuming discipleship, you don't have to consume disciples. Thank you. Listen, we're, we're here. And some of our frustration with the church, with that department, with that saint, is not a frustration with them. It's a frustration with ourselves. Because when you start to eat at the table of discipleship, you receive the nutrients that's necessary to grow up. You know how we get away from slander? You know how we get away from gossip? You know how we get away from covetousness when we get back to discipleship? We start working with people. We don't show up saying, well, feed me, feed me, feed me. We start saying, who can I feed? Who can I work with? Can I tell you there are people in your life? I want you to understand how, how, how powerful this is because Jesus is hungry. And where does he find his nourishment? He doesn't find it in the temple. He finds it with a sinner. He finds it with somebody who's lost. And can I tell you, you the missing element in your life to grow, there's a good chance it's probably discipleship. When's the last time you worked with somebody? When's the last time you taught a Bible study to somebody? When's the last time? Can we just be honest? How many of us, if we're honest, we're a little malnourished when it comes to discipleship? It's, we've gotten real comfortable and, you know, I mean, we have a beautiful church, amazing music, amazing preacher, amazing leadership. But can I tell you, they can't make up for your lack of nourishment when it comes to discipleship. You need to learn to work with others. I got two more minutes and I'm done. 
You need to learn to work with others. Can I tell you, I, I, I've had people that the moment, and I've learned this. I haven't been in this thing long enough, but I learned The moment they start complaining, I know one thing. They've stopped working with people. You know what I've learned? I've been in church long enough. The people that work with the most people complain the least. I've never seen I've never seen them line pastor's office waiting for a counseling session. They just why? Because they're properly nourished. We're gonna do we're gonna do one or two things here. Um, I, I like giving practical actions. We're gonna do one or four th- one or two things. Because here's where I get frustrated. I hate when preachers tell me to get involved with discipleship and they don't tell me how to get involved with discipleship. I hate preachers tell me, well, you got to win souls, but they don't tell me, how am I supposed to win souls? So, so can you just trust me here for the next one or two moments, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna wrap up here. We're going to be done. I've done this a few times, and crowd this big kind of always works. But I want you to understand, there is somebody in your life right now that is waiting for you to get involved with them, to teach them a Bible study, to work with them. Can I be honest? Can you just be honest right here? How many of you guys wanted to teach a Bible study in 2023, but you did not teach a Bible study in 2023? How many guys would love before 2023 is out to get a new Bible study? There's, there's a few things you could do. Number one, the first thing you could do, and I, uh, I, one of my mentors, he suggested this to me, and I never thought about this because it's a brilliant idea, a novel idea. Uh, you can evangelize the pews. Did you know there are people that will show up Sunday morning that have never been taught a Bible study? Did you know that? There are people sitting across the building that have probably never been taught a Bible study and would love for you to get involved with them. You know, I don't know how it works, but teaching Bible studies just solves problems. You can be mad at people. Your family could be fighting. The kids are acting a mess. And you start teaching Bible study, and all of a sudden, things just start working out. I can't explain it to you, but I believe you are adding to your diet. Next thing I'm going to tell you, you could evangelize your contacts. How many of you guys have one of these things? Can I tell you, there are people in your contacts right now that are waiting and hungry for you to teach them a Bible study. They'd love to get involved in a Bible study with you. I don't know what you guys use here. Our church is kind of uh, steered uh, in the direction of using exploring God's word, 12-week Bible study, and that's, that's kind of worked for us. But I'm going to tell you, if you get involved with the field, God will start feeding you. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do something really quick. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go through your phone. Everybody pull out your phone. Everybody pull out your phone. I want you to find somebody in your contact that you haven't spoken to in a very long time. They're not in church. They don't have the Holy Ghost. They haven't been baptized. Maybe they came, they were baptized, received the Holy Ghost. But I want you to find somebody in your contact that you haven't spoken to in a while. Maybe you've spoken to them in a while, but you just know they're not in church. Maybe, maybe this is somebody you've already been burdened for. You've been thinking about them the last few weeks. I want you to find that person. I'm going to just tell you how simple this is. We're going to take the steps to growing up. Here's what you're going to do. Uh, before you text them, because you're going to text them, but here's, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray for that person. And real simply, 
We're just going to let them know when we're done praying for them. Hey, just want you to know I prayed for you tonight. That's it. That's it. You're going to be blown away. I, had, I was in Arkansas, and we did this, and uh, somehow or another, the guy texted back, and we, this was like Bible study before the Sunday AM service. The guy texted back, and he showed up to church, got baptized, and got the Holy Ghost. It was pretty cool. But, but the whole reason why I want to do this is because I want you to give, I want to give you actionable items that you can use to grow. Because chances are there's people at your jobs There's people in your neighborhood. There's people in your pew. That in them is what you need just to grow up a little bit, just to grow just a little bit. So here's what you're going to do. Have that contact out. We're going to take a moment and we're going to pray for that contact. Some of you might be a family member. Some of you might be a friend. Just as a sign of faith, as if you're lifting that person up to the Lord, can you just lift your phone up to the Lord right now? And I want you to pray for that person. I want you to pray for that person. We're going to do this for a minute or two. We're not just going to bypass this, but I want you to pray. I know this is a missional church. This is a discipleship church, but I just want to reinforce some things. I just want you to lift your voice and pray for that person. We're going to intercede for them right now. God, right now, in the name of Jesus, God, I lift this person up to you, Father. God, you see what they're going through, God. You see where their heart is. You see what their mind is. God, you see possible health issues. God, you see possible family issues that are going on. God, you see things that might be going on in their marriage. And Lord, today, I just want to lift them up to you, God. God, I want to set them before you today. God, I want to set them before you today. And God, I'm asking God that you would bless them, that you would touch them, that you would draw them closer to you. Father, I'm asking you right now in the name of Jesus that you would minister to them. Come on. I want you to call their name out in prayer. Can you just step into the role of an intercessor tonight? Come on, this prayer is not about you, but it's about somebody maybe you haven't spoken to in a while. And you don't even know it, but all they've been saying is, God, can you just have somebody pray for me tonight? Can you just have somebody pray for me tonight? God, we lift them up. Come on, I want you to speak peace over them right now. You don't know where their mind's at. You don't know where their heart's at. They might not even know that they need this, but God has been waiting for you to step in the field and grow up a little bit and just say, God, I'm here. I'm here, God. I'll stand in the gap for that brother. I'll stand in the gap for that sister. God, I lift them up right now. God, I lift up their kids and their families. God, I lift up their spouses. God, God, I pray you would visit them today. God, I pray for a supernatural touch. Oh, Holy Ghost, I pray, God, that you would stir their spirit, God. Give them an appetite for the things of the kingdom. Oh, God, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that you would allow them to thirst for righteousness. God, make them dissatisfied with the things of the world, oh, God. God, put people around them, God, that will help to stir the appetite for the things of the spirit. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray that be a stirring in their minds and in their hearts Uh, oh god we lift them up right now in jesus name Uh, come on just a little bit longer We're, we're we're finished right here but we're gonna pray for that person right now god we lift them up god God, we lift them up, God. God, I don't want to be selfish, God. I want to look beyond what I need, God, and I want to see the need of my brother, see the need of my sister, God. I speak over them today. 
God, I speak joy into their life, peace into their life. God, God, do whatever you have to do, but just pull them in the kingdom, Father. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, in the name of Jesus. Here's what I want you to do. I just want you to text that person. Just let them know. Just want you to know, been praying for you tonight. Just want you to know, been praying for you tonight. Don't be afraid to hit send. Make sure you send. <laughs> no reason to be timid. I believe God is going to develop fully mature, fully functional believers at Eastwind that are equipped, are complete for every good work. I believe God's going to trust Eastwinds with more Bible studies, with more people, with more opportunities for evangelism. I believe God is going to develop healthy marriages and healthy families and healthy homes and healthy kids at Eastwinds. Because Eastwind is made up in their mind. We're going to grow up. We're going to grow up. I want you to stand with me. If you're still texting, not a problem. You can just send that message out. Don't wait. Don't say, I'll do it after service. Make sure you do it right now. It's 8 o'clock. I'm not going to hold you any longer. I know we're kind of used to an altar call, but an altar call is to make a decision, and that's kind of what you did. So, But we're going to pray one more time before we leave. You don't have to come up here. We're going to pray one more time. And um, I believe that it's the will of God, and, and I'm, I'm obsessed with this. I believe it's the will of God to give us healthy families. I, I, I really do believe that. I believe it's the will of God. It's not the will of God that, 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 that the marital statistics of the world are reflected in the church. It's not the will of God that, 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 that the statistics in kids out there are reflective of the statistics that are of kids in here. God wants to give us healthy families. Healthy families. So uh, if, if you have a family member next to you, can you just grab them by the hand? If you don't have a family member, just find a believer. Can you just connect with them? I want you just to connect with somebody. Nobody praying by themselves. Nobody praying by themselves. If you have to step out of your pew to go pray with somebody, you go ahead and do that. Nobody praying by themselves. But we're going to pray. We're going to pray that God makes us healthy believers, fully mature, fully functional Christians. We don't want to be uh, we don't want to be weak. We don't want to be unable to move or walk in certain areas. We don't want to be uh, we don't want to be in places where uh, we, we, we where we've lacked maturity or we lack growth. We want to be fully mature, fully functional Christians. If you're praying with somebody next to you, I just want you to hold that hand, put that hand on their shoulder, just make some form of physical contact. And I want you to begin to talk to the Lord and just ask God, God, help us to grow. Help us to grow. God, help us to grow. Help us to grow. God, help us to grow in our media choices. God, help us to grow in our financial decisions. 
Oh, God, I'm asking you. I'm pleading with you. God, help us to grow in our marriages. We need healthy marriages in 2023 and 2024. God, if there was a day and age where we need healthy homes, we need healthy homes in this day and hour. God, I'm asking God... God, marriages, God, that have been together for decades, but may be on the brink. Father, I'm praying today that you'd help us to grow. Help us to grow. God, mend relationships between moms and daughters and fathers and sons, God. God, mend relationships between siblings, God. Mend relationships between believers, God. I pray, God, in the next few months, you'd start a healing process in the people that are in this place. God, those that are in arrested adolescence, God, still struggling with trauma from years ago. God, they're mature, God, on their license, but spiritually, God, they're lacking. God, help us to grow today. God, those that are struggling with emotional immaturity because of past issues and past trauma. Today, I'm praying, God, that you would start them down the journey of growth. God, I speak healing into the room, Father. Healing into marriages and healing into homes. Uh, healing into the life of our young men and women. God, help us to grow, to come into maturity. Give grandpas and grandmas the wisdom, God, to mend relationships uh, with grandkids. God, I pray you'd help us to grow today. Help us to grow today. Help us to grow today, God. Come on, somebody needs to repent today. You've been holding on to bitterness. You've been holding on to unforgiveness at the behest of you growing. Some of you got to let go of some things and tell God, God, if there's anything in my heart that's been stopping me from growing, God, I'll lay it down today. God, I want to grow. God, I don't want to be in this place of immaturity. I'm tired of losing my peace. I need to grow. I'm tired of losing my temper. I need to grow. I'm tired of losing my mind. I need to grow. I'm tired of losing my spirituality. I need to grow. I'm talking to some moms in this place. You've been, you felt absent in the kingdom from the last few years, but it's time for you to grow in the place that God has rooted you and planted you. It's time for us to grow, God. We want to grow, God. We want to grow, God. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Oh, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Can you just thank him for it if you believe in faith? Come on, I need you to thank God in advance. Some of you guys got places that you don't know how God's going to grow it. You don't know how God's going to do it. Can you just thank him in advance? God, I trust you. God, you're going to grow our homes. You're going to grow our minds. You're going to grow our hearts. You're going to grow us, Father. You're going to grow us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I'm going to turn it over to Brother Richie, but I thank you for letting me spend some time with you. And I believe, I really do believe this. I believe if we allow God, we will see growth in areas we have not grown in some time. And I just feel to say this, can I just be me? Some of you, some, there's adults in the rooms, you need to grow in your relationship with parents you haven't spoken to in years. I believe God's going to give you the type of growth. Some of you, some of you, you're the parent in this place, but you have kids you haven't talked to in a long time. It's just always dysfunctional. But I believe God's going to give us the wisdom and the grace to grow up just a little bit. Amen. If you believe that one more time, put your hands together.